Hi, this is Tamsin McDonough. You're listening to The Quad, a Killjoys podcast. You're listening to The Quad, a Killjoys podcast. My name is Chris. And I'm Annie. We're talking about the seventh and eighth episodes of Killjoy Season 4, Oh Mother Where Art Thou, and It Takes a Pillage. While we will talk about anything and everything from those episodes, there won't be any spoilers for future episodes. Let's get started with our reviews. I liked Episode 8, but I really, really liked Episode 7. As I have said before, I really like Killjoy's, you know, quote-unquote mythology episodes, the ones where they start revealing all the things that led to the current events in the series. So I am super into finding out about Anila's and, you know, by extension, Dutch's mother. I also loved Pre and Garrod scenes, and Turin and Weege, and Donnie and Lucy. <laughs> I like that we had an episode where we find out about Dutch's family, followed by an episode where we learn about the Jacoby family. I thought that was kind of a nice bit of paralleling uh, I guess maybe not paralleling. That might not be the right term, but symmetry. You know, yeah, yeah. I like that. There's sort of this theme of exploring family dynamics going on here, and I also appreciated that we had two episodes in a row where Dutch basically gets called out about some of her issues, and I like that they didn't do it in a way that felt mean, because to me it felt like. If anything, it was done out of genuine love and affection and concern. Um, more specifically, we had Elena in episode seven saying, you know, anger is good until it hurts you more than it heals you. And when you're ready, I hope you choose to let yours go. And it made me cry. <clears throat> and then in the next episode, we had Zeph saying to Dutch, I know you've been through some darkness or whatever it was that she said, but you can let in some light without setting everything on fire. And I was like, you know what? That is, that's a good line, Zeph. Because <laughs> Dutch does have some self-destructive tendencies. And uh, it's nice that they're like, we love you and you, we want you to be okay. We appreciate that you're looking out for us, but please look out for yourself also. <laughs> it makes me emotional. Annie. <sighs> Stop saying that. You're making me emotional. Okay. Sorry. Um, sorry. Yeah, what no, did you think okay. of these episodes? I really loved 407. I thought it was it's fascinating to see a different side of Klein and his relationship with Elena. Like, the, the softer, kind of romantic side. Although I thought after all of the, you know, build-up to finding out who Elena is and Dutch finally finding her, I wish she could have stuck around longer to fight alongside them, so I hope we see her again. I know. But yeah, it's fascinating finding out Dutch's kind of sort of mother Anila's kind of, you know, <laughs> when she asked Dutch, who are you? And I'm like, oh, that is a complicated question. So, but well, um, I'm a memory. <laughs> yeah, kind of formed in the green midichlorine thing. Um, anyway, <laughs> but this episode had some of the best, like, that wonderful witty dialogue that Killjoys excels so well at, and all the my favorite pairings with Lucy and Johnny and Pre and Garrett and and oh my God, I ship 
Tweege so much. <laughs> so <laughs> you are my guys. Tweege was so happy when he said that. I'm like, oh, I love that. And 408 was pretty good, although I, I feel like some of the complexities of the Jacoby family dynamic, they've been explored before with... You know, the sons kind of resenting what the father did to them. And although I did think it was nice that Johnny finally thanked Dav for always protecting him. So there was that bit. But I really love that crazy mission. Let's fly into the sun that Dutch and Zeph <laughs> went on. I'm like, okay. And Zeph astounds me with her sciency brain powers and somehow manages to save Dutch, even though she's a freaking hologram. And... As you mentioned, that talk with Dutch and Zeph at the end was a great scene. Because it's it's not just Johnny that cares about Dutch in that way and wants to break through Dutch's very formidable walls. So I like that newer characters like Zeph are also expressing their concern and love for Dutch and, you know, letting her know how much she means to them. So, yeah. Well, and I think what's nice about it, too, because I was thinking about this while I was rewatching the episodes, that... One of the things that this show to me has going for it is that it doesn't let characters off the hook first off. Because, mm-hmm. like, here we get this episode with, and I can't remember the dad's name now, but John and Dav's dad, who they have said before, is he's not a good guy. And we see him be not a good guy in this episode. He does sort of try to explain things from his perspective. And I don't know, there, there's like a certain amount of like understanding where he's coming from, but it still ends with Dav being like, no, you're still, you're still not a good guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the dad saying something, oh, I did the best I could. And Dav's like, no, yeah, you that, didn't. That's not enough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I kind of did like that. It was just not everything is always neatly wrapped up in a in a bow kind of way with the dialogue and with character relationships. And although I did think it was kind of amusing that at the end they just left the dad, and I'm like, are they just going to leave him tied up? Oh well, I guess they'll just you know maybe they're still mad at him or something. So oh, I thought I yeah. thought Davin tied him. Before oh okay, I left. yeah, but it was just like you know, there's there's no like heartfelt conversation or goodbye, you know, it's like, Dav doesn't think that his dad deserves that. So. Right. Yeah. Again, this whole thing of like that contrasted with the way they treat Dutch, right? Because we, mm-hmm. we've seen Dutch and we know that Dutch really holds herself accountable for a lot of the stuff she does and, and beats herself up over some of it. And the fact that we know where Dutch is coming from. Dutch generally is a well-meaning person. Mm-hmm. Who is actually trying to save the universe. So, (laughs) you know, treating her in a markedly different way than they treat Mr. Jacoby, who is uh, not a good dude. Yeah. Well, and I love that transition Dutch had in 407, where at the beginning she's like, well, Dav just thinks I'm too damaged. You know, I have to be controlled. And then... You know, at the end of the episode, she's she said, "Well, I'm I'm damaged, but I'm not broken." And I'm just like, "Oh, Dutch, of course you're not." So that that made me mm-hmm. emotional. So yeah, the more that Dutch realizes, she kind of has those chinks in her armor and realizes, "Oh yeah, I do mean a lot to a lot of people, despite all the 
pressure I put on myself and, you know, all the, everything that she carries inside where they're very close to the vest is, um, yeah, I just, the more that she realizes how much other people care about her, uh, the more emotional I get. So, but yeah, Mm -hmm. that's really the best scenes. Yeah. I think part of what's great about this batch of episodes too, is here we have, we have a scene in episode eight where, it's evident that the stuff that Dutch taught Jack was stuff he needed to know. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's, I, I feel like they're working towards a, okay, you do need to be helped by this group of people, but also this group of people probably need to have a conversation about what is and isn't acceptable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they have to find a happy medium. So I think they're exactly. working towards that more. Right, which is sort of what I was getting at in the last episode we had, I think it was, where we were talking about how, you know, nothing good ever happens when one of them runs off by themselves. Mm-hmm. Stay with your team. You keep each other in check. <sighs> Although this is kind of a, what do you think now about Jack wanting to go off and be with Delcel? Besides a plot device to not have a teenager on every episode, but. Do you think Dav's going to agree with that, or how that's how is that going to work out? Well, I'm not totally sure how this is going to play out, which is part of the thing. Like, are they all going to go seek refuge with Delsea? Don't think Johnny would be very happy about that. Probably not. No. But although they they do seem to have gotten to a better place, not a mm-hmm. not a great place, but still a much better place than they were. Mm-hmm. Again, the show walking that fine line of, like, acknowledging past issues and maybe not forgiving, but acknowledging certain things, but also not letting people off the hook for stuff they do. Like, I just, I think the show is better about that than maybe any other show mm-hmm. I've watched. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, maybe. it was interesting. Um I was just a Dragon Con where Aaron Ashmore was saying about Johnny's relationship with Delsea. Like, he'll never trust her. He'll never completely like her. But at the same time, they're family. So you have this weird dichotomy where, you know, he, he still has to have her in his life. Well, and that's entirely what these two episodes were about, too. Mm-hmm. About family and how, like, that's important. You're you're stuck with them for better or worse. So, yeah. It's true. Mm-hmm. Better and worse, yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we should probably talk about the various characters and interactions and storylines, because um, th- there were some really good ones in, in these couple of episodes. We had, let's just start off with Pri and Garrett, because how adorable are they? <laughs> oh, he's taking off the earrings. You're in trouble now. <laughs> <laughs> and oh my god we're you keeping the uniforms they they belong with that jacket <laughs> i know it's like what an entrance line pre <sighs> i just love how his eyes lit up when he saw gare bear in the white jacket which he did look really handsome he's like oh yeah we're keeping this i'm all hmm some role play later maybe <laughs> pre and his wi-fi cheekbones <laughs> <laughs> I know, I was so disappointed when they disappeared later in the episode, and I'm all, ah! Oh, the Wi-Fi is gone! <laughs> so- <laughs> he lost his signal. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the dynamic between Pre and Turin, because he's like, stop underestimating me! 
I am a warlord. Warlord. I know how to type something in a... I know how to type code into a computer. So, yeah. <laughs> what I thought was especially adorable about the pre and Turin stuff was mm-hmm. that Turin watching the footage was like, you know, he said to, to Weege, you know, who's your money on? And I just, I love that Turin was so confident in in Pri's abilities. Yeah. <laughs> and yet at the same time, he's like, are you sure you know what you're doing? <laughs> I know what a bio-spectrometer thingamajigger looks like, and that gesture to Garrett. Biometric reader, I think biometric is what it was. Reader. <laughs> he's like, which one is it? Which I didn't catch until the rewatch. It was hilarious. <laughs> I think so. he was kind of like, is it this one? <laughs> <laughs> so... But, yeah, that was a bit of a scary part when they find out that all the green soldiers are kind of being bled of the green and hung upside down like meat puppets. And, yeah, that was kind of scary. And I'm like, oh, that's how the lady's gonna get out. Just please, everybody try. I'm like, why did I not catch that earlier? Because that totally makes sense. Mm -hmm. Which is a weird thing to say about the situation, but it does. (laughs) Because that's how Anila got her green pool when Klein had trapped her. Yep. And so that would have been in the memories that they'd kept from the lady. Ah, uh, yes. So now the lady's like, oh, that's how to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But still, what are they doing with all the kids and all the people that are still human on the that ship? That I don't know. Yeah. Because what, well, when I first saw... You know, the green, you know, them hanging people up. And I, I thought it was humans that they were hanging up. And then later I was like, oh, no, they're Holland. So, but yeah, sp- spooky either way. But <sighs> speaking of Holland, I am so glad for Weege <laughs> coming in. And he always says to turn. Yeah, you don't have a plan. <laughs> He's like, he just keeps cutting him down going, nope, that's that's not going to work. <laughs> so you're not strong enough and you have no plan. <laughs> What is love? He's not oh wrong. my god, somebody shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> but that was really a fun moment when we showed up and God damn it. Oh, he's with Turin. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are my guys and he was so, he looked so happy. He's like, Hey, I did a good thing and I'm like, Oh my god, I love I love Weech. So I love Weech too. I'm worried that something terrible is going to happen. <laughs> I know. It's okay. He got shot a bunch and he's fine. So hopefully. This is true. Yeah. This is true. So, but yeah, now everybody's going to try and take back the rack and rescue the kids. That'll be, oh, I'm sure that'll be a, you know, you know me. I always worry about all the characters. I hope, yeah, now I hope everybody makes it out. So. I also worry about the characters probably not quite as much as you do. Yeah. But I do worry. I mean, even, uh, it was funny, Adam Barkin, you know, the showrunner, he, he said, I saw this. He saw the picture of me and, and Tamsin McDonough at Dragon Con, and he goes, Oh, please tell her not to worry so much about the characters. And I'm like, I can't help it. I just do. <laughs> Your show is so good. It makes me worry because I like everybody so much. So, <laughs> this is fair. And it's true. So, uh, what did you think about Klein and Yelena? I got a little confused because the story kept shifting back and forth between two. By the way, we're two hundred and fifty years ago, and I'm like, oh my god, how does how does this work again? So, (laughs) (laughs) but I was trying um, to remember did did we have the two hundred fifty year 
time frame before? I don't know. I want to say at least once we got like a 200 or something. Wasn't it when we first ago. found out about Arkin? And I don't know if it was when we first found out about it, but maybe it was. Or when we first found out about, you know, Anila, so. Right. I, but I, I don't remember if it was necessarily 250 years, or maybe it's just that we didn't have signifiers to indicate that that was actually about when Anila became Holland. Because mm-hmm. yeah. that to me is like the big thing here is like, okay, here is Anila's mom, who near as we can tell, is like a regular human person, and uh, aging as such. And it's news to her that anything has happened to Anila. So okay, when when Dutch calls Anila 275 years old, that's actually probably accurate. Yeah. Well, so is can you remind me, is Anila a biological, like, real product from Klein and Yelena? Like a that regular baby? That certainly seems to be what they, what they said, or uh, what they were indicating in episode seven here, yeah. Yeah, and then she turned Helen, so, yeah. Right, right, because what Klein was saying in this episode was that, and what he said before, basically, is that he thought that the green was a thing that, like, helps people and makes mm-hmm. them healthy, essentially. And uh, he basically just was m- messing with stuff that he didn't fully understand. Yep. Is really what seems to be uh, what happened. I did find that, because uh, I saw promo shots of it beforehand, <laughs> that first shot of Anila just digging into a corpse, really <laughs> interesting and very, very messy and squeaky. And I'm like, oh, what is this from? <laughs> so when I first saw that shot, and I was like, oh, this is interesting. <sighs> and then I see that and I think, classic Anila. <laughs> yep, yep. I'm working. <laughs> <sighs> but I did think that was pretty fascinating seeing Yelena find out what Klein was, and then Klein explaining how he was going to stop the lady, even way back then, you know, 250 years ago. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, if anybody has the ultimate long game, it's Klein. I don't know how he thinks so far ahead, so many steps ahead all the time, but that's that's what I keep thinking is going to give Dutch the advantage so they can win, hopefully. Right. Though I did have have a couple of things where I was just kind of like, but why why would certain things not have happened before this? Mm -hmm. But but then you know I don't know. Yeah. Because. Like, the show isn't over, and there are probably things we haven't found out about yet. <laughs> That's true. Like, why couldn't he have left the spore earlier somewhere? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Because, again, if this was what was happening 250 years ago, I just, I have I have questions. Mm-hmm. And so why did Yelena have to go back into stasis? They They did have a scene where they were explaining that, or why she was explaining to, to Dutch. Mm-hmm. why she felt like she needed to but it's still not super clear to me yeah because she was she was just talking about oh i'm going to wait here for klein to find me like i i'm like oh, but he's not okay. in this plane of existence well maybe she'll i don't know maybe they'll all end up in the green or something so but um yeah so i'm hoping we'll see elena again i keep thinking they'll unpod her for like a final battle or something well, 
there was the thing where their message to Davin was intercepted by the Hollen. Mm-hmm. So if the Hollen didn't know about that place before, they should now. Yeah. They might be like, hmm, why were they there? Yeah, that makes me, again, a bit worried. So. Mm hmm, mm hmm. Yeah. Hmm. This show is good at the whole long game thing, also. Yeah, and dropping a lot of hints and going, this is going to come back and bite him in the butt later. <laughs> it's true. Also, I want to point out before we move on from talking about Klein and Yelena, it was interesting to me listening to Yelena. Yelena sounds very much like Anila. Hmm. Yeah. Like the way she speaks. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's that's a good job, whoever whoever did that, whoever made that happen, if it was a matter of casting or if the actress was was deliberately pitching her voice a certain way and speaking with that same cadence. I don't know. But mm-hmm. yeah, I thought she was really well cast. I was like, she had the right look, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also with the whole long game thing. I thought that was really good because I was, I was having a conversation with my dad about like storytelling, mm-hmm. and I started thinking about how I know we talk about this a lot on this podcast, but I think Killjoy's storytelling is is excellent because <laughs> here we we are introduced to this idea of whoever this assassin is that is in the story that Klein is telling Dutch in episode one of this season. We see the weird thing where her face sort of shimmers Mm -hmm. as if to indicate this is a clue. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But we don't know what it means at all. And then it isn't until episode, I want to say five? Was it five where Johnny says, wait, no, it wasn't, it wasn't a woman assassin. It was a guy. Yeah, it was a guy. Yeah. So like we, like we got that clue. We didn't have any clue what it meant. (laughs) Then they revealed that in episode five or whatever it was. And then here here we are, episode seven, we find out who the person is. And I'm like, that is good pacing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're not, drawing and- out, they're not drawing it out too long because it's, it's a fairly minor kind of clue mm-hmm. where it would feel to me too drawn out if they put, if they put it off any longer. Once we know that, no, this is a significant thing that we need to figure out. And then like two episodes later, they do it. And and then more than just oh it's it's a random assassin or something oh no it's your it's your mother oh right what yeah. a good reveal right I didn't yeah. see that coming uh huh it makes sense but I didn't see it coming yeah I like it is what I'm saying <laughs> me too one of the aspects I love the most this episode four oh seven had some of the best juicy or Lucy and Johnny back and forth witty repartee that I have ever seen in the whole show. I loved it. <laughs> Do you need well, it feels uh, like it's been a while since we've gotten all that yeah, much of it. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It was just... There was a plethora of it in this one. They were just on fire, so... I wanted to feel like you found it yourself, Johnny. I'm a complicated program. He's like, ugh. It's like, you know, if you talk to her and tell her you're a complicated dude, she's gonna give it back as good as you get, so, you know. Yeah. What was it that Johnny said he was gonna gonna fix her her sass matrix? Yeah, or and no, I'm like sass metric, pardon metric. me. And I'm like, don't you touch that sass metric? It's perfect. <laughs> but I I did have f- fun asking uh, Aaron Ashmore and Dams McDonough. My question at Dragon Con was, 
So if Lucy was downloaded into the robot again, her consciousness, and if she and Johnny went out on a date, what would they do? And Tamsin's like, how many children are there here? And Aaron's like, well, you know, they'll just, you know, go to go to Pree's bar and go upstairs and do the sexters thing. And yeah, yeah, sex. That's it. Sex. So, that was Did there. you say sexter, Annie? Sexter. Well, well, what is it called? Sexer. Sexer. Yeah. So sexting is on is on phones oh, with texts. That's right. Okay. Well, they do that too. So <laughs> they do it over there. You know, that PDA might be things. what they do now. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, so yeah. But Lucy saving Johnny by electrifying the guards' boots and all of that. Oh, that was just that was fun. That was pretty great. Yeah. So yeah. Then after all that. Fun stuff with Johnny and Lucy in episode seven. Things get a little more serious with Johnny and Davin and their dad in episode eight. Since Johnny has to go, theoretically at least, intercept Davin. I enjoyed that he asked Dutch which boots he needed to wear. (laughs) The dark ones or the darker ones. It's like, I still have time for style. Pick those ones so you can kick his ass. Yep. So. They are very fashionable, the Killjoys. Mm-hmm. Yep. I did like those bits of humor where the dad asks, so who is this young fella? Oh, I, oh he's, I'm his son. I'm six days old. Yeah. <laughs> he's just, the, the he's, he's just 13. Like, oh. He's 13. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like, okay. And, and, then it, and then later when he says to Johnny, what's going on? And Johnny's like, uh, yeah, it's kind of complicated. Try me. Okay, well, you know, we've got my nephew sorta kinda thing, you know, that used DNA from Dav, and by the way, we've got this lady chasing us in a green thing, and yeah, there, there it is. So, and his dad's like, okay. But it was said much more eloquently than that. But sometimes I need the show to explain it to me so I can remember what the heck is going on. I'm like, they're doing what? Poor Annie. I know. I'm only a, I kept saying during Dragon Con, I'm only a level two killjoy when it comes to my understanding of the show. You guys are level six. Again, I don't I, think that's I, true. I really need a rewatch someday. But this, this world is so fascinating and so complex. I'm just like, ah, can't wait till the show. Well, no, I don't want to wait till the show's over. But, you know, to watch it from beginning to end, once it is over, will be awesome. So. Ah, Maris is the dad's name. Yes. I had to look it up. (laughs) Well, you can see where the boys got some of their impulsiveness from. <laughs> and Eric's like, he's like, I'm just gonna go out there. And, you know, he just keeps going out there and shooting the hull and, and not headshots only. And I'm like, eh, nope. <laughs> so. It's yeah. true. By comparison, Davin and Johnny seem downright responsible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is frightening. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then we had Johnny's childhood love, Charlie, who, hmm, was really cute, in my opinion. But um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, un- until until she was like, "Let's run away from our responsibilities and families." Exactly, and I'm going to betray you. But you know, even you know, she kind of, I kind of still understood her motive, even though she was not doing a great thing. So you know, even for the minor characters, I love how Killjoy's just gives them complex reasons for doing what they do. 
Right. That's, that's, again, the fine line that Killjoys is very good at is we understand it, even if we don't necessarily like it. Yeah, we understand it, even if it's terrible. And like, it's not like they're saying it's an acceptable thing to do either. But it's just mm-hmm. sort of like, you know, here's, here's what's happening. Yeah. We actually got some feedback about this from Mrs. Lena Sadler saying, I thought it was really clever how the writers made Charlie's words to John near the end of the episode mirror his words to Dutch at the start of the show. Charlie is desperate after betraying the Jacobis to the Hullen, and she'll say anything to survive, but what she does is plead with Johnny that they'll take a ship, any ship, and get out of there, just like they used to say they would. It's very similar to John and Dutch's promise to, quote, fly away and never look back that we are familiar with, but under very different circumstances. Mm -hmm. Clearly, Charlie was his original partner in crime, but it shows how much he's grown as a man and how how well-written a character he is that the audience knows he would never take her up on the offer. Charlie may be the original accomplice, but Dutch is his authentic accomplice. Mm, Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, and I did appreciate how Johnny, he just wasn't falling for it. He's like, I may have... You know, you have your reasons for doing what you're doing, but I'm still not going to let you get away with it. And what you did still wasn't right. Yep. It's it's character growth. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what I also like is that we've actually heard Johnny and Dutch say that to each other twice. Mm-hmm. Because we saw it in the flashback, which is, you know, how they started off on this whole thing together. And then they actually had that. I, I don't remember which season it was. Do you? Mm. Trying to remember. Where they sort of like acknowledged to each other this, you know, that they were saying the same thing they said to each other when they met. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, they they sort of said it knowingly to one another, but also acknowledging the fact that you know, no, we actually have responsibilities that we need to take care of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, character growth. It's nice. Well, speaking of character growth, I really loved the conversation between Dutch and Zeph at the end of the episode, because that was kind of surprising to me how Zeph, it turned into this really long, you know, heartfelt kind of speech about how much Dutch meant to her as a friend and how much she wanted Dutch to kind of push beyond all the walls that she puts up and, and to just, you know, remember to let people in because they care about her. And they don't want to see her keep self-destructing and going on crazy missions and, you know, reminding her that, hey, we're here to help you because we're all in this together. You can't just always fight the lady on your own. Right. And I think this is nice for two reasons. One, when Zeph first joined the team, it was pretty much a a hero worship kind of thing that Mm -hmm. she had going with Dutch. Yeah, I don't blame her. Well, no. How can you? Yeah. Dutch is awesome. But I like that it's not that she's not acknowledging that Dutch is awesome. She's saying, this is awesome, but also... (laughs) Or what was the... What was the thing that she said to Dutch when Dutch was, like, strapping herself into the the driver's seat? (laughs) She's like, I get that... that, I get that it's sexy to save the day or whatever it was that she... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Or to risk your life to... I don't remember exactly what it was, but... Sort of some of the, the old Zeph Dutch dynamic in there. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Um, again, also, like, please be careful. <laughs> but yeah, so there's that. There is the fact that I think Zeph has really internalized the lessons that Johnny was trying to impart last season. Mm-hmm. 
Because Zeph used to like run off and do stupid stuff by herself. And go, yes, and I can solve like, it all myself and use brain power and forget that I'm part of a team. Yeah. Right. And Johnny is like, okay, but you, you need to stay and help us as part of the group. Right. I think after these two episodes, I'm really curious to see what's going to happen next. They have to rescue the kids. They have to get back the rack. Now they got to figure out what the spore thing does and hopefully not disintegrate now that they've figured out what it is. And are they going to use it, though? So, <sighs> hope not. I really hope they can get Anila out of the green in one piece. So, because as I we saw at the end of this episode, now Dutch has that strange symbol burned into her shoulder. Again, Annie worries. What's going on with Anila? I mean, that yeah. is designed to make us all worry. Yeah, I know. But Annie I, worries I, more. I recognize that you worry more than most. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, that was a bit of a surprise at the end of the episode going, because we keep forgetting, we haven't seen Anila in several episodes, so I would like to get back to that and see what's going on between her and the lady, because Dutch keeps feeling the physical effects of Anila, you know trying to hang in there but she's uh, having a rough time okay so i read one of the feedback emails that we got but let me read the others we got a message from jet rose saying hi i'd like to say that killjoys is just getting better and better they are showing us so many layers and nuances to each character while keeping the fun and kick-ass slash sassy side of each person so strong I love the family dynamics of last week's episode, and my favorite moment of the one before that was Pree's earring removal. <laughs> I love how everyone is valued as part of the team, and even if they fight, they stick together, except for the occasional side trip. I love how they are letting us see more of a range with Dutch as well. And then we got a message from uh, I'm Just a Pan on Twitter, saying, for episode 407... Mama Elena and Papa Klein are both so attractive. No wonder they had beautiful daughters. Still wondering exactly. what the symbol. Great still wondering casting. what the symbol meant. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no. Just what I said before. It was great. Great casting. Like it physically. Is great casting. Yeah. Still wondering what the symbol meant. It's not Klein's, and it's embedded on top of the lady's green pool. Mm. And episode 408. Zeph continues to rescue everyone. Her hashtag needs to be Zeph saves the day. <laughs> slash Zeph gets a girlfriend. Give Zeph a girlfriend, I think. Give Zeph a girlfriend, yeah. It's the one that uh, Stephanie keeps trying to sell everyone on. Mm-hmm. Well, she sold me on it. <laughs> Shocker. And then from Twitter, Captain Mediocre sent us a message saying, am I the only one who thinks the whole The Lady storyline is progressing at a glacial pace? I think somewhat it is, but I I like all the how they're finding out all the clues and how to defeat her. You know that that part is pretty exciting. So, but yeah, it is getting to a point where I'd like to see the actual lady, and <laughs> you know, I Team Awesome Force kicks her butt, so or not because this is Killjoys, and I get the feeling we're going to end on a big cliffhanger again for season four. So, the thing is, I don't think it is. Hmm going at a glacial pace i like maybe for killjoys it is because again like we were talking about earlier 
Killjoys is very good about paying off stuff quickly, but it's also mm-hmm. very good about paying off stuff long term. And yeah. since this seems to be like the big thing of the series, or at least of the series at this moment, I I don't think it is a glacial pace, personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it, it does a good balance of both. So Yeah, that's the thing. Cause I mean it, it I feel like really- a long term thing because like the show isn't that many episodes. It's 10 episodes a season. So mm-hmm. we're only, what, 38 episodes into the series. Mm-hmm. That's not that long to me. Mm-hmm. And the lady was only introduced at the end of season two. That's true. Right? End of season two? Mm, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> There's, it's a, a lot of stuff has happened. Yeah. I, I can't keep it all straight. So we would also love to hear your thoughts about these episodes of Killjoys. You can send them to killjoys at askgenretv.com. We love getting voice messages. You can do that in a couple of ways. You can record a voice memo on your smartphone and email it to us. Or you can call our listener voicemail line at 972-514-7223. Follow us on Twitter or Tumblr at Killjoys Podcast. The Quad is part of the Ask Genre TV family of podcasts. To find our podcasts about Lost Girl, Orphan Black, and other shows, visit our website at askgenretv.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the quad.